but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Say Things episode 153. Sunset here with Cinderin. We are sponsored, as always, by, well, not as always, but today by Manscaped, who have a very important message for all of us. There's a certain confidence that comes with being properly groomed. There's an aura, a vibe. You can just tell by the way they carry themselves. We call this BGE, Big Groomed Energy. <laughs> and there's only one way to get that BGE, Manscaped. We'd like to introduce you to their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is a leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the special promo code We Say Things. And, of course, like I just read in their little blurb, they have great products, not just for keeping your nutsack nice and clean for your significant other, but things like body wash, shampoo, conditioner, the whole works. They got chapstick, for God's sake, Cinder, and they got... A little bit of everything for everyone, and we appreciate. And they got support. BGE, which is you know, yes. should not be underestimated. The BGE is just—it's uh, too much to handle sometimes. But again, if you go to manscape.com and type in the "We Say Things" promo code, you'll get twenty percent off and free shipping. So thank you to them, and thank you for, to you guys for helping uh, them support the podcast. Also supporting the podcast are our beautiful patrons of the Inbruge tier, including Mr. Obi-Wan Can Blow Me. Is that the new Disney Plus? Uh, I don't know if it's gotten good reviews, Cinderin, the Disney Plus show. But Oh, yeah. Apparently this guy really hates it. Um, Mundrau Britter, Dwight Schrute. Before I go on, do you know what that's from? Um, the Office? Holy shit, I was actually not expecting to, to get that correct. Oh, hell yeah. Well done. If you're eco-conscious and want a good chair for cheaper, check remanufactured chairs from BTOD or Crandall. Not an ad. Thank you. I cover my ears during scary moments too. Oscar Seeker, Vovalicious, big shiny Bulgarian balls is what you need to play ranked these days. Roundy three. No, but seriously, Dota can have way more active players than it currently does, and it's a shame that Valve doesn't do it justice. Disco Farm D. Oh, we got Jeff. We'll talk about him today. Uh, mm. We should have asked him to be a guest on the podcast, actually. Oh. Uh, what sound does my lovemaking make when there's no one around to hear it? Stooge, st simple stooge, stoggy. No, no, I said I'm not D. Hakuna Matata lives in Chandler Gilbert, just saying. Commander Donut, Chikar, still an asshole. Milan, Miami, and the Mega Pope. And also, thank you to how much wood could Sindarin eat if it was purely mahogany, TI in New Zealand? Not a lot, I think, before I would be really uncomfortable. Did you ever eat wood, Shannon? Wait, that sounded different before I said hey, We'll move on. San Xavier, yes. Nate, Nate Vico, zero one ham scrotes, bacon, shark TM, freshly seasoned goat balls, Janie, dop, nothing to see here, underscore man. Guitar Strings recommends to play Northguard. It's an RTS. Yes, we ouvrement. Can we get Seb on the podcast? Ben Broomhead needs to change his Patreon name. Yes. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and Peter. In ancient Egypt, bodies of beautiful women were left to decay before they were embalmed to prevent necrophilia. Niebling. I bet they still performed necrophilia. Despite the rotting corpse, because they probably limited it significantly, though. I don't know. To be into necrophilia, I feel like you would go the extra mile in that case. Of course, I don't have any experience with this, but. It... So you're saying the people that wanted it would do it anyway, and then it would just be even more exciting because it was decayed. It would be more exciting because think it's it was even, counterproductive. It's even more forbidden. It's a forbidden right, fruit. Right. It's even more taboo. Yeah. I see. Could be wrong. So they made a mistake doing that. <laughs> yeah. Is what you're saying. They really enticed them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know a lot about this, Shannon. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, okay. Uh, I got a Suns fan recommends. Uh, 
So there's been a show that people have recommended to me in the past that I just haven't bothered with. I'll be honest, when it comes to like cartoons or anime, let's just call them animated series, I am pretty reluctant. I just have to be in the mood to enjoy them, okay? I finally sat down with uh, with Nikki and we watched Love, Death, and Robots. Have you seen this show before? No. Um, but when I saw the short handle for it, LDR, the first thing that came to mind was Left Dead Redemption. I don't know why that was the case, but... Thank you for chiming in. Anyway, Love, Death, and Robots can be found on Netflix, and it is fucking awesome. Really, really, really good. And the cool thing about it is the episodes are between, well, in some cases, seven minutes and like 12 minutes is like the the average probably, or like 10 minutes. Like Episodes are super short. There's only three seasons. First season is 18 episodes, and then season two and three are only like eight episodes or something like that. So really short. You zip through them. Every single episode is totally different than the last. They're not connected in any way. Some are like hand-drawn. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know the specifics on uh, what the different types of drawings are called. But there's different types. Like, basically, they went to a bunch of different studios and had them create their stories. So some are like really fucking good graphic CGI. Some are just normal animated, like cartoony uh, and everything in between. Uh, this show, it I would compare it maybe somewhat like Black Mirror. Like, kind of technology. I mean, it's love, death, and mm-hmm. robots, so you can get the idea there. Uh, I would say, on average, the episodes are quite good. There's a couple that are fucking god-tier and a couple that I didn't really personally like. But again, they're super short. So I <clears throat> would highly recommend it to anybody looking for something like that. Uh, it's I got think, really good ratings, actually. Wow. Yeah, people have been telling me to watch this for years. So finally did, and it was very, very good. So... Uh, for those that have already watched it, this is not a spoiler. Uh, there's a few episodes that really stood out to me, and the one that really stands out to me was the shortest episode, seven minutes, and it was a Christmas episode. So if you've seen that and you know what I'm talking about, I thought that was fucking hilarious and such a good idea. And yeah, would recommend. So. And where did you say this was on? Netflix? Netflix. Yes, indeed. Huh. Maybe we should watch that then. Yeah. All right. Speaking of shows, this will be a 30-second discussion. Dragon Blood <laughs> Season 3 is announced, Cinderin, and it's coming August 11th. The tweet from Studio Mir says, The eye opens and the beginning of the end is here. Does that mean this is the last season? Do we care? Uh, will you watch Season 3? Answer all those questions. Yeah. Okay, so the problem that they're going to run into eventually is that the episode duration is becoming so short that they have zero minutes, so they kind of have to end here because in season four, the episodes will be four minutes long, and it's hard to tell a story like that. So um, they're probably ending it here. I, I think. I mean, I was kind. Of, I don't know what you were expecting. I was expecting this to be the last season, regardless. Um, I just think like the progression of the story kind of it feels like they're building towards some sort of ending now with a similar amount of episodes. That's it. I'll watch it. Um, I think I was overall less critical than you were of it in the last two seasons. Neither of us thought it was absolutely outstanding, but I thought it was better than you did. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll be watching. Uh, but it's not something that has me at the edge of my seat, if I'm being honest. But it'll probably be a good watch regardless. So. The fact that it's out so soon means that they made this season in all likelihood around the same time they made season two, which means that they were not able to take feedback from season two and apply it to season three, which the main feedback was pacing and length of episode, which I don't see how you could fix that in however many months it's been. It's been six months. That's nothing like these things take years to make. Uh, Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. It's a Netflix limitation, right? The studio that made the studio mirror had longer episodes originally and then they were told to cut them short by netflix because of some sort of metrics that they had for viewership based on episode length or something um we've had this discussion that, and i don't remember the specifics anymore right. i i think that is the i think it was netflix that cut it short and studio mirror just had a really almost borderline impossible task telling the story in that short amount of time so there are things that are left unexplained things that are confusing or 
might just seem random a bit because they needed to cut out chunks. That's how I understood it, which if that's the case, it really sucks because if you've put in the work and you've made a good story, you want to tell your story. Yeah. Um, especially if they have a lot of animation work as well that was just thinned, you know? So like you said, it takes a lot of time. I wonder when they were told. I mean, I'm I'm going in with extremely low expectations, so hopefully it, you know, is decent as a result of that mindset. Uh, but I will watch it, obviously. And it does sound like it's the last season, so. Yeah. Uh, the fact that <laughs> feels bad, but when I see... Uh, Dragon Blood season three announced. First thing I thought of was, God, I really can't wait for the next Arcane. That was fucking yeah. great. Yeah, but that's the reality we live in. Hey, if you told me, even if it's a shit show, a couple years ago that they did a Netflix show about Dota, I would not have believed you. So we can't be greedy here. Beggars can't be choosers. Cinderin, it is what it is. Well, I'm happy that's right. that something is out at least. It's the same with your pub experiences. If you think back 15 years, you didn't even have ranked, so you can't complain when your games suck ass, guys. That's uh, right. You just have to. It, it's, it could be worse, right? So you shared a if courier. You four just griefers a few years and everybody's ago. being racist. Remember, it could be worse. So Yeah, you so could good. be racist too. It could be worse. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on, because uh, we don't have a lot of Dota topics to talk about, but I figured we would catch people up on the DPC, catch myself up too, although I have been yep. watching some NA. Uh, of course, some people have been asking us if we're casting anytime soon, and yes, I will be going to Sweden in a week, and I'll be there for the duration of uh, basically the last half of the DPC. And I assume I'm doing NA mostly, which... yeah. I'm going to be totally honest. I said this on my stream earlier. Last season's NA games were some of the worst Dota that I have watched personally. Uh, it's not that it's necessarily low skill. It's just lots of stomps, very uninteresting storylines. Nothing happened, really. Like the teams that were supposed to win did. The teams that didn't looked terrible by comparison. But, Cinderin, things have seemingly changed, and this has yeah. excited me quite a bit. So. Obviously, EG comes in with a, you know, a new captain and fly, so he's got to get reacclimated. And as a result new. of this, a renew, if you want to call it that, uh, EG ended up losing a series to was it Nouns? Let me double check. Yeah. So they so lost four zoomers to Nouns, aka four zoomers, which was a huge surprise, and it was. I didn't actually get to watch this series, but it was a two-one in favor of Nouns, yep. who are now top of the NADPC as of today. Uh, Quincy crew are also tied for first because they beat... And I was shocked that this matchup occurred so early in the season because so far in the DPC, they've kind of scheduled on purpose so these top three teams don't play until... or don't play each other until later. But Quincy crew played TSM and completely dumpstered them. 2-0... Neither game was relatively close. Quincy Crew looked great with Fata and their new roster. I mean, this is, again, this is kind of a re-new roster, except Fata being mm. the position five instead of SVG. And TSM looked really bad. They, they, it could have just been, I mean, obviously they got second in the major, so they're, they're good. But they just had a really off day, it felt like, while Quincy Crew just was hitting on all cylinders. And overall, they just looked like the better team today yesterday yeah i think having a game like that early is from a tournament scheduling standpoint both good and bad right from from a fairness standpoint in terms of like how the rest of the tournament runs i think there's something to be said about shoving in all the games at random but at the same time for building hype it's good to have the top contestants toward the end so that they're close and anything can happen mm -hmm. like let's imagine quincy also face eg next week and win that one then you're probably like okay or face nouns, right? At this point, there's like four, which is more interesting, I would say, than last season, where I felt like the gap to four Zoomers was too significant. Um, but it seems like, especially in that EG series, I'm just looking at the drafts, and I feel like nouns, the way they're picking heroes and the way they're building strategies right now are way more in line with something I understand than what they did last season, which doesn't mean it was bad, but it was... I think it was very high-risk 
strategies they ran last year um, or last season, I should say. And now it's more streamlined and more. I think it's more fitting for the patch. They're playing a lot on stun combos. Mm. They're playing a lot on having multiple ways of initiating fights, of playing tight, of team fighting, pushing. Uh, so it's it's really nice to see. I feel like they've stepped up their drafting in particular a notch. Um, Having yeah, said that, I, huh? I was going to say next week EG plays TSM. So another big matchup is yep. reserved for the third week of DPC. I think they're just specific. I, I don't know. Like, What are the odds that it was by chance the last couple of times in a row? It's got to have been by design, right? Yeah, but there design. might have been complaints. I mean, the final match of the entire DPC for NA is EG Quincy Crew. Uh, Right. Again, surprising. You'd think it would be EG TSM uh, based on the prior results or whatever. But It makes me think this might be just more randomized. So hopefully, because of this, and Nouns kind of showing up against EG, of course, everybody's saying EG just weren't in full form, but Nouns, they looked good. Hopefully mm-hmm. they can build on it because the the weeks that we're casting, the only two quote unquote big boys facing is that final match in EG versus Quincy Crew. Everything else is like the teams, some of them that we cast last DPC, which just look terrible, being honest. Well, depending on whether we pre- predominantly cover NA, we might get Quincy Crew versus Nouns and TSM versus Nouns, right? Yeah. Those are in the weeks coming up, so... Should be interesting. So, so if we think nouns are in the mix for the slots, then there's a lot of interesting games that we could be covering mm-hmm. for qualification. But if okay. it was a fluke, then it's going to be rough, yeah. potentially. Okay, uh, let's move on to Europe, or Western Europe first. Uh, obviously, we're early into the season, right? Uh, but I think something that might surprise quite a lot of people, fourth place finishers of the major gaming gladiators are 0-2 and have not won a game, even. Yeah. Um, they have looked definitely a, I want to say a step below what they did at the major. Um, I think it's something that it from in a way does make sense because I think at the major they were the team with the smallest hero pool and the most how to say defined play style. Um, so a big patch. Oh, well, I'm not gonna call it okay, not a big patch, but a patch hits that nerfs a lot of the stuff that they run in their hero pool. Uh, and I think they've just not been as quick to adapt as other teams. Um, that doesn't mean they're out of it. They could still make it to the major. It's going to be tough, though. Um, well, but more than anything... Isn't the top three teams from the major... Uh, Gaming Gladiators were third, right? They were fourth. Who was third? Uh, Tundra. Tundra, that's right. So Tundra are doing great, as always, as being undefeated yeah. so far. But the other three teams in the top four... OG have lost the series already. And the other two, we already talked about TSM. They looked really bad against Quincy Crew and now Gaming Gladiator. Like, we're talking about this, teams that do well at majors, mm-hmm. they get they get nerfed, right? Exactly. I mean, we've talked this to death, but that's what happens with the patches. It's usually the winning strategies that get nerfed, and then it's about can the winning teams adapt quickly enough when their strategies that they ran and were successful with don't work as well anymore. And sometimes they can, but I'd say more often than not, the other teams basically catch up after a major event is over. Uh, a lot of the time, the major teams will also, you know, take a little bit of a break because playing a one-week tournament like that is very intensive. People might be like, they might think, oh, it's got to be the time of your life. You're playing on stage. It's big stake games. You're playing what you've practiced for. This has got to be like the most empowering thing ever. And it is in the moment, but then you crash, right? Like then... It, it, Players on average will be getting worse sleep because of all the adrenaline and all the excitement. Uh, they will be funneling all of their energy into these games, and then they just really just need to you know, calm down a little bit. And the teams that were at home, they're grinding. You know, They're trying to catch up. They have that energy. They want to be the ones on stage the next time. So it's often how it goes. Um, but yeah, in Europe, like you said, Tundra. Tundra look amazing right now. They shit-stomped OG. Like... Two days ago, it was not even remotely close. One of the games was 17 minutes. <laughs> Probably the shortest game we'll have all DPC hmm. was between Tundra and OG. Just an absolute beatdown. Uh, and in both of those games, OG had their signature Enigma, and they just got handled. Hmm. Um, just absolutely run over by pushing a lot of it. Two Lycan games from Tundra. They played IO Razor. Just stomped. So very impressive. Uh, the other big star in Europe is Entity, who are a 
promoted team from Division 2. Uh, they're currently also 2-0 with a 4-0 scoreline. They've beaten Gaming Gladiators 2-0, and they've beaten uh, Goon Squad 2-0, which is the other promoted team uh, with names such as S4 and Limp. So they could be in contention this time. And then at the bottom of the board, we mentioned Gaming Gladiators. Alliance, same scoreline, 0-2 with no wins. And then the four-pack in the middle with draws are Goon Squad, OG, Liquid, and Secret, all 1-1. One, one. So By a lot that way, can happen. But... Yeah, you mentioned this, but let's talk just briefly. Goon Squad, the hmm. X-Alliance. Right. We're first place in Div 2. Alliance was second. They're doing better. I mean, it's early on. They're in the top three right now. Alliance, bottom again. That's got to feel yeah. real bad for Alliance fans. That The team that they basically got rid of, for the most part is outperforming their new one every step of the way. Yep. I mean, at the same time, I feel like we can't be too surprised based on how Goon Squad played Div 2 last season um, and how Alliance played as well. Goon Squad did better, and they looked more promising coming in, so if they deliver a better result, I would say that's the expected outcome, right? Mm. Uh, I think Goon Squad didn't even drop a game in Div 2. I think they went 14-0. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that was some impressive stuff from them. Alliance did make that second slot, but they had some closer series against the other teams. They lost to Goon Squad. I think they had a couple of 2-1s to get through. Um, as Goon Squad just dominated, so not too surprising. Uh, let's quickly, I think these are the regions that, on average, our audience don't care about as much, but I still want to quickly cover them to see where we're at. Uh, so in Eastern Europe, currently Navi 2-0. There's, it looks like less games have been played here than in Western Europe. It's only really been one week of games. Uh, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but you know everybody's teams that they want to watch right now, probably Navi 2-0, Team Spirit are 1-0, and Betboom, the big surprise of the major, are 0-1. They lost to Navi. So um, that's pretty much the short version of this region for now. Let's, let's talk about it next week or the week after when there's more games. This was very, very few games. Uh, China is very different than what we're used to seeing after week one and a half. Yeah. There's only one lossless team, which is Ehome. And guess who they beat? PSG LGD. 2-1. Uh, they, they beat them 2-1. Everyone else is 1-1, with the exception of RNG, who are 0-1, after losing to DEC, who also almost beat LGD. So I think... China seems to be closing a little bit right now, where PSGLD has generally been, you know, a gimme for top three. Uh, no guarantees right now, as it stands. Yeah, this uh, looks pretty like a bloodbath in the making, this it, region. This could be a very interesting Div 1 in China. So, super cool to see. And you would imagine for this major, um, hopefully all regions can attend. Um, but yeah, that's always comes with an asterisk. We'll see. Doubt it. Um, yeah. quick SEA update as well um, Talon who got promoted from Division 1 are 2-0 so they're off to a really good start they beat Polaris and they beat NGX SEA so perhaps not the two strongest opponents they've had so far but still uh, off to a good start and then the, the classic trio that are in the mix Boom are 1-0, Fnatic are 1-0 and T1 are 0-1 after losing to RSG which I believe is the second promoted team from Div 2. Hmm. Uh, so not off to the best start there, but T1 can definitely come back as they've done before. And then finally, SA. Very few games played. It's just been one week. Beast Coast and Infamous at the top. Uh, Thunder Awaken have actually played two games. They have one win and one loss. They got 2 0 by Infamous. Okay. Uh, and 2 0 SG. So... Thunder Awaken, one of the big surprises of the major. Uh, SA got two top six finishes, which is the first time ever. Um, unfortunately for them, they were both 5-6, but still incredible growth from that region over the last year or two to get to that point. You go back two years, they were almost only getting last places, so being in the top six is very impressive for them. Um, let's see what the competition the region brings them to in Arlington. Obviously, two slots will be going there. Um, I don't know if you want to do any sort of predictions right now. I think maybe we wait until we're Yeah, let's a bit predict who in. gets top three in the last week, okay? For each region. Yeah. 
So. Do you want to predict all of them now? No, not really. See, I told you. <laughs> no, it's you don't do predictions when the season started already. I feel like that's preseason stuff. Should have done that before. Should have added that yeah. to the timeline or the outline three weeks ago, Cinderin. Nope. Yeah, my bad. All right. Next thing on the list is a very, very interesting thing that has happened that I don't know how to even talk about it because we've been waiting so long for stuff like this to occur in a Valve mm -hmm. game. A Valve dev who, you know, he's posted some stuff before on Reddit. His name is Jeff Hill. He has been posting a lot more lately, being completely transparent, basically not acting like a Valve employee at all. Uh, he came out with, I mean, one of the threads which got very popular and was stickied for a while is the Dota 2 bug tracker. So it's essentially a GitHub, uh, just a bunch of issues for GitHub so people can kind of vote on by using emotes because there's not really a good system, I guess, but to vote for which, because there's a million bugs in the game. This is how he explained it. We're not going to be able to fix them all, at least not quickly. So you guys need to help us prioritize which ones are more important than others. So people essentially vote, and the ones that get the most votes is what they prioritize on. And they've been fixing a shit ton of bugs. Obviously, some of them were because of the update, like stuttering, micro stutters or whatever, things of that nature. But a lot of this stuff is like bugs that have been in the game for years, right? Yeah. And the fact that they're being super transparent, uh, he comes keeps coming out with new threads, talking about like what things worked for them, uh, what things didn't. Uh, this is fucking incredible. Obviously, wish this was happening years ago. Uh, this yep. feels like stuff that other companies do on a consistent basis, but shout out to Jeff Hill. And again, I have talked with many Valve employees, some not with the company anymore, but talked with a lot of Valve employees in the past, and it's not like he, Jeff Hill is an anomaly. They're all kind of like this. They want to fix stuff. Like, they really do. Mm -hmm. But something like I, I can't say I know for certain how any of this works, but the company structure just seems to, at least in the past, not cater towards people being public about it. Like they would be on the download. Like there was a Valve employee. Mm -hmm. Here's a random. I'm not going to say their name. This, this was like eight years ago. He wanted to hang out with us at, at a TI, like with me and mm -hmm. probably I think you, me, you and a couple other people. He's like, you want to go get a drink? You know, we can talk a bit, you know, nothing, just friendly stuff and as we're leaving a few more people start you know adding their names to the list oh i want to come i want to come and as the group gets bigger he's like you know what I, I better not go because there's like this company policy where you're not supposed to intermingle with talent right. or whatever which i mean if it's pro players understandable otherwise makes no sense to me personally I mean, it's it is kind of it is kind of like the the system of the feudal ages right where you know, the kings don't meddle with the peasants, so <laughs> you can maybe, you know, talk to a couple, but if there's a lot of them, then, you know, you know, you got to maintain your, yeah, your place sure. at the top you of that hierarchy. That so. Nobody touches Gaben, right? Nobody. Yeah. But uh, I don't know why I got it, went off on that tangent, but uh, to wrap that part up, at least, I think the reason is they don't want to, they've always said they don't like to play favorites, but in reality, they play favorites, so just... Why, why pretend anyway that kind of stems from that i think into the whole valve doesn't do anything publicly they're not transparent but stuff like this is just such a breath of fresh air i yep. hope it continues i don't know what else to say center maybe you can expound on my thoughts but it's not just 10 I mean, years of dota it's counter-strike as well i played for 10 years before that this doesn't happen in valve publicly this is really good I think I think we're starting to see a little bit of a shift. I'm not going to be, you know, too optimistic, but I think we're starting to see a bit of a shift. Also, you know, with the tweet that we saw the other day or last week that we talked about from the TF2 community, it's like Valve are starting, hopefully, to see the value in communicating more with their customers. And, you know, I don't know if it's like just a couple of occurrences that are coincidental happening close to each other or if there is a change in company policy but if there is a change in company policy i think we should celebrate it and be like give them a lot of positive feedback on talking to the community because from my perspective this only breeds good outcomes like as long as you who are interacting with the community have a bit of a filter because i could understand 
you know, once you open yourself up in a game like this and have the community talk to you, I would imagine Jeff gets a lot of messages about bugs, right? Or about stuff that he has nothing to do with. And there's always going to be some idiots that are going to scapegoat you. Oh, I had a shit game, Jeff. Why the fuck aren't you fixing this? Or why am I playing with these guys with terrible behavior score? You guys don't care about the game at Jeff Hill, you know? So, mm. like, obviously when you are that spokesperson, you will get some other flack, but you will also get a ton of praise. The the overwhelming amount of messages that I've seen on Reddit for Jeff have been absolutely some of the most positive stuff I've seen in the subreddit ever. Like, people are just super happy. They're really willing to help out with the GitHub. Every time he makes a thread, it gets tons of responses and upvotes and positive messages, um, which I think hopefully is really encouraging. I think he's enjoying himself. I think he really wants to work uh, on the game and make things better for people because he sees how much they care. Um, and I, I do think, historically speaking, perhaps Valve has shied away from that a bit because they have maybe not filtered the negative comments so well or... Like you said, they could just have some sort of company policy reason to stay out. But yeah, this has been really, really good. Um, he even goes into other threads that he hasn't made himself. That's the other thing. It's one thing to make an official thread and be like, hey guys, we're collecting info, we're collecting data, please help us out. And then you go silent, fix the stuff, and you announce that you fixed it. Mm-hmm. But he will literally browse the subreddit to find threads that are upvoted that talk about bugs. And then he will go in there and explain what the bug is explain whether they can or can't fix it and why or why not they're doing it. Um, so like taking the time to actually go through this during the day, which shows, again, shows that you're invested into fixing it. And that's, that's what people have just wanted to see forever. So it's really, really good stuff. Um, if Jeff continues on this path, he may, uh, you know, Ice Frog might be, need to be a little bit careful with his, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> reputation as the Dota guy. So Jeff, is, Jeff is on the loose, guys, and he's... <laughs> He's climbing the ladder in the feudal hierarchy. He's uh, he's quickly becoming a, a nobleman. Maybe it's a pseudonym. Jeff Hill is a pseudonym for Ice Frog. Maybe it's Ice one Frog. And the same. It's the same person. <laughs> that would be <laughs> so funny, actually. Oh my goodness, that'll be really funny. Anyway, keep it up, Jeff. Uh, this is very encouraging stuff, and we hope it continues. Yeah, awesome. And from there, we'll move on to a new mod. Well, it's not a few weeks old, I think. It is called Heroes of New Dota. So I don't think this is going to be a popular... No offense. uh, I don't think this is going to be a popular mod because the way that custom games work, it's really hard to incentivize people to play a regular game of Dota. But having said that, uh, this is a mod that has a bunch of heroes of new earth heroes that are kind of put into the game. Uh, it's kind of weird the way that they did it. They, they chose like a, let's just take chipper for example, which is the closest model is probably timber saw. So they chose timber saw. And if you're choosing him in the game, you have a choice between timber saw or this other character that is not actually named chipper. They named them something else to avoid copyright. Although I don't, think you'd have a problem with copyright with Dota Heroes, if I'm being honest. Whistlepunk. Yeah, that's actually what it's called, right? Whistlepunk. Yeah. So they have a bunch of these names, which, again, like I had to literally alt-tab to figure out which hero is the one that I wanted to play. (laughs) But from the ones that I tested, and by ones, I mean the one, which is Chipper, it worked perfectly well. It's super cool. They have Ags and Shards and Talents added, which I'm sure they're not perfect, but obviously Han didn't have any of that stuff. Well, they had Ags, but not Shards. Uh, so you guys should definitely check that out if you're an old Han connoisseur, oldie like me. And on top of that, I will be doing a Heroes of New Earth stream on Saturday, Cinderin. It will be the final time. This actually makes me kind of sad. The final time I will be able to play Heroes of New Earth will be on Saturday because they are shutting their doors sometime next week. Uh, so figured we'd just go out with one more day of playing. You should play, Cinderin. I've never played Han. I know. This is your last opportunity to actually play it. Um. The only problem is you need an account because you can't make a new one, but there's plenty of people with accounts that would be willing to just give you Yeah, but here's info. the thing, Shannon. I think I would rather never have played the game than play it on the last day. Why? Why are you so mean? 
Uh, it's the Steam achievement. <laughs> You're a real horror. Takes you a year to watch in Bruges, and now you won't even play my favorite game of all time, <laughs> Heroes of Newworth. What a piece of human garbage! But no, Saturday, uh, you guys can stop by the stream. I'm just, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of people. I'm gonna try to get like Breaky maybe to play. Uh, Cap wanted to play the other day. Just old Han people. I think there's quite a few of the other, like some of the current Dota pros that will also be doing the final stream, right? Like Moon Meander, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was at least talking about it. Yeah, I don't know when um, he's doing his. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. But, but it, it's really sad that it's not like I play very, I play like once every couple of years. It's like not even that probably. But the fact that I will never be able to play the game again in all likelihood is actually really fucking sad because... People rag on Han all the time, and obviously a lot of them have never played it, but it was actually a really important game, and I think the main reason League of Legends beat it was because of the monetization model. Like, obviously we don't, we're not huge fans of League of Legends, but what they did with free-to-play, quote-unquote, they were the first, and they Mm -hmm. destroyed because of it, and Han ended up kind of backpedaling on their $30 purchase, which originally was a $30 game, and then they tried to go free-to-play. It was just a complete disaster. Obviously, they lost Ice Frog after like a year or whatever, or a couple of years of development, so he went to That was to probably the Dota. biggest disaster for them. I mean, the game wouldn't have lasted even with Ice Frog, though. Let's be honest. Even if you it had great... So? No. Like, the characters ended up sucking a lot more when he left, but even if they were still really good, people were still going to play Dota 2, even without Ice Frog, mm-hmm. I think. Um, right. But yeah, I think Han was an extremely important game. It was one of those games that uh, was like a great bridge. It was probably a good test bed for Valve to see like what they would want to do as well because they had matchmaking for the first time. They had like a lot of stuff that Warcraft they just couldn't do. Uh, Han they did. essentially sent Icefrog there as a spy in advance. They knew they wanted to make Dota. And they were like, we'll send you to the training grounds at S2. You go there for a year and when you come back, show us what you've learned. He had to build go, us a better game. He had to go to Kalamazoo in Michigan. That's a city name, by the way. Kalamazoo. That sounds like a an instrument. And the person that was the head of S2, I guess he probably still is, it's Malikin. And he got his money from doing porn or he was like a porn director or something like that. So he was infamous for not being very good at being <laughs> a head studio, but Either way, very sad. That's a uh, very interesting career change. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I could I could see it. Like, you're into porn, you direct it, or whatever the hell you did, you get a bunch of money. Like, what do I want to do with my money? I want to make a game studio. That's what I would do, right? If I had a lot of yeah. money. So, so, yeah. And then this begs the question, with Han closing its doors, will Valve, are they even able to, would they even want to purchase and or use a lot of these hero concepts that a lot of people like myself have been really wanting. The answer is most likely no, which makes me, I shouldn't say sad because it's expected, but it would be, imagine if they came out with like 10 fucking Han heroes like mm-hmm. this year at the same time. You know how hype that would be? People like you would hate it, but it would be fucking No, I would be, I would be excited. I want to, I want to see those new heroes, but I don't want to play Han Shannon, so I'm not going to try it. Because then I don't get the Steam achievement. But I've heard a lot of the heroes are funny. so Or fun. Not funny. Probably funny too. You know, it's probably a good thing you don't you don't play. Because if you played Pudge in that game, you'd be like, this is the greatest hero of all time. I wish it was like this in Dota. And then that's the only thing you'd be able to think about every time you play Pudge. Because See? that's how I, I feel every time I play Pudge. It's like, man, this hero's fun. But he was way more fun in Han. Holy shit. I miss that. Pretty okay. sure if I pick up a game of Han, I'll be like, everything is very dark, and I can't tell what the spells are, and everything is a rainbow when people get kills, and there's a guy riding a unicorn, so I don't know what's going on. You know, Cinder, I'm just going to say this. If it was really important to you... Okay, let me put it this way. If World of Warcraft was closing its doors, mm-hmm. this is an iconic right. game. Like, let's say it's it's just done, the same way Han is, and like this is the last day that I can play... I would like to share this experience with you, Suns fan. You know what I would do? I would you would in- say you wouldn't play. <laughs> I would install the fucking game. Oh, you would. I don't tell me you would. Hundred percent. Why? Why do you think? Why don't you think I would do that? 
I'm a good friend. Of course, I know I would hate the game, but it would make you happy, Cinderin. So anything for you. All right, Shannon. Okay? When are you streaming on Saturday? Are you are you trying <laughs> no, to guilt trip me I'm into not playing a game of tripping you, you because it or you've already the 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 opportunity has already passed. Okay, you've oh. already made your intentions clear. You don't want to be a good friend, so you don't have to play Han. Okay. I just looked it up. I don't have enough disk space. <laughs> All right, great. It says it takes 6.4 <laughs> gigabytes, and I have 63, so I'm afraid I don't have space for it. All right, great. All right, moving on. Uh, there was an Xbox and Bethesda showcase last week where a bunch of games were announced and talked about, and I thought we could discuss very briefly a few of them. Uh, first thing I want to mention is that No Fable has been announced yet, the dates of the new Fable game, which... That's literally what I've been waiting for since Xbox Sex came out, whatever the fuck that thing's called. Uh, so that's sad. But some other games some people might care about. Of course, I don't give a shit about Overwatch 2, but we can talk about it briefly. Uh, it was announced as free-to-play when it comes out, and the early access will be October 4th. And I have no problem with people liking Overwatch, I just have a problem with how they operated their esports business because I think it really hurt every esport because they are like everybody that put a shit ton of money in that game never got any return. Obviously, Blizzard uh, made a shit ton of money, so they don't give a shit. They've already shown that they're piles of garbage. But I think this really set back every other game that wants to be an esport by a considerable margin course that's really hard to actually like measure but that's genuinely how i feel but overwatch 2 cinder and any any thoughts uh i'm just thinking if overwatch had its last day tomorrow would you install and play it with me if overwatch yeah why uh i really love this game and i've played it so much shannon well, if if that were actually true, then yes, I would actually. But I know for I'll a fact play that that's you, okay? not the case. I I just I just checked my room. I've made disk space. What did you delete? I moved something from the corner of my room to outside the door. <laughs> Great, Overwatch Two. It's it do sounds you, like fun. I'll try it. Do you okay. have um, any I I don't know. Like it pretty much is what we were expecting it to be. Right? It was. We didn't really think it would be a new game. We thought it would kind of feel like a patch. And from what I've gathered, it kind of is like a patch. Mm. Like a big patch for sure, but maybe it's a little bit like, you know, Dota 2 Reborn. Like it's kind of that ballpark, just that Valve didn't call that Dota 3. So um, that's what it feels like to me. And just like you, I'm not really invested in the game very much. Uh, don't really care. But there's another game that I care about that there was a bit of news for. Which is the game I'm looking forward to the absolute most. That's not next. Which there's news for, but they haven't announced the fucking release date yet. Which is fine, because I'd rather they take their time. But Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh, okay. That is one of the games that they were shedding some light on. But yeah, what kind no, of game is no that? release date. I never heard of it. Um, so the original game, Hollow Knight, it's also on Steam. I would definitely recommend that. It's, it's a single player rpg platformer but it has really really good boss fights and really good world building um it's kind of it's kind of like 2d dark souls is maybe the best way i can explain it um just hard fights interesting environments and exploration um and the story is very abstract i guess like dark souls has always had really weird storytelling um, and so does this game. So it's way more about the gameplay than it telling you a specific story. Um, All right, I will yeah. watch that video. Awesome, absolutely I mean, awesome you, you did not make that game sound good, by the way, to me. But uh, I will watch the video of the trailer, or whatever the hell the video that's included, uh, after the stream, because I'm a good friend. Just throwing it out. How there. about this? How about I gift you Hollow Knight on Steam, and you have to play it for at least three hours, and then if you hate it, then that's Three it. hours of investment? No. Fuck that. It's a good game, man. What can I say? Uh, I need to look at game. Okay, well, first, then I'll maybe. only play Han with you for 30 minutes. Yes, I don't care. 
All right. Uh, the next thing that was announced in that same uh, <laughs> in the same showcase, uh, I thought this was an interesting topic. Just even though it's not a game, uh, Riot has partnered with the Xbox Game Pass. So the Xbox Game Pass, I don't have it, but and this is not a sponsor of the episode. But as much as I shit on Xbox, I think this is a really good idea. The Game Pass in general has seemed like an extremely good deal. You pay like ten bucks a month or something. You just get so many games. And on top of it, now, if you play Riot games, you get all champions unlocked in League of Legends. So it's like Dota if wow. you have the Game Pass. That's actually That's insane. That's like $5,000. That is a lot. Uh, League of Legends, the, their mobile versions, you also get the champions. Uh, for Leg- Legends of Runeterra, the foundation set unlocked. I don't know what that means, but free stuff in that game. Team fight tactics, you get little legends. I don't know what that is either. And then Valorant, you get all their characters, all the agents. Just for having the Xbox Game Pass. That's a huge partnership, by the way. I can only imagine how much money was given to Riot for this because obviously they're giving up, I would imagine, quite a bit for people not to pay for their champions or whatever. But um, for the consumer, this is, you know, even better deal to have Xbox Game Pass. So... Let's say you were to play League on PC. Could you buy the Xbox Game Pass to unlock all the characters on your account and just play on PC? It is for PC. Oh, this is for PC so specifically. Xbox Game Pass. Oh, yeah, Pass. of course. League is only on PC. Yeah. yeah. Holy but, shit. Well, no, they have a league for mobile as well. But right, Xbox but Game Pass, a lot of the games, if not all, I don't know how many, but a lot of them you can play on the PC. It's like It's not just for Xbox. Same with Valorant. Is it still the same price point? Is it 10 bucks a month? So I haven't looked into it, but like if it is, this is probably just knowing how Riot Games operates and how these what these things cost in general in those games. This is the most insane value proposition ever for League. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you that. Like you can unlock all the characters through play, but it's one of those like pay for convenience things where unlocking all champions in League takes really fucking long now if you were to start like you would not be able to unlock all the characters within two or three years, I think. So um, that's pretty interesting that they are doing this deal. Yeah, that's... Uh, like you said, I'm really curious how much flow of money is going... But I will uh, say right this, for this. In addition to this, obviously, we're just doing a really good deal, but uh, it just makes me sad that the Dota sphere hasn't really expanded to anything that people have supported, like the artifacts of the world, the underlords or whatever. Like you can just look at right. Hey, we got five games. Like that's fucking cool. That's really Mm -hmm. cool. Even though I'm not super into any of them except for Valorant, I guess. Uh, It's still like, it's a very good business plan. And then the last thing doing good marketing, the last thing that we'll discuss in this section is Diablo four, which I know you're a big fan of cinderin uh, well yes <laughs> i'm a i'm a big fan of diablo one Just i'm one? a decent fan of diablo two really diablo three was okay uh but i also did play it shortly after release and i think they improved the game a lot since then but i've just never really given it a second chance apart from hmm. i think i played a very little bit of the expansion i played like one character through normal or something it just never caught me in the same way as diablo one and diablo two did but the way we've talked about this is I love the franchise and I'm just on gigacopium mode that Blizzard learned from their mistakes and that Diablo 4 will be amazing. Mm. Um, I have gone a little bit back on my copium after seeing what they did with Diablo Immortal. Please don't fucking do that with D4. Okay, just don't do that. Well, it is It is interesting that you say that. It's a mobile game. Because I have a quote. But... That says Diablo 4 will be a full-priced game that that's built strictly for PC slash console audiences, Diablo Global Community Lead Adam Fletcher wrote on Twitter. The game is huge and there will be tons of content after launch for all players. Paid content is built around optional cosmetic items and eventually full expansions. We will share more info soon. So I'll I'll believe it when I see it, okay? Because yeah, that's a great idea, but then it's a Blizzard game, and then something is going to happen, right? Like that. Honestly, it's sad, but that's just that's how I feel. I just don't trust yeah. until I see it, because I'm like, this is a good, this is a good business model. This is a business model I can get behind. I'm happy to play pay full price for a good game, and then have optional stuff for people that want to wail out 
and think it's funny to look like a unicorn in Diablo. I couldn't care less. Uh, but that's also how things have started out with other games, and then all of a sudden it becomes this slippery slope, and then there's a little bit of pay to win or a little bit of this and that, and then mm. it just becomes it like it just deteriorates until the game is kind of ruined. So please just stick to this and make a good game. Um, and I think more than anything, one of the problems with Diablo 3, I think, was that the game felt a bit more handholdy than the other games did, and the difficulty and the item systems were less interesting for me. Um, they might have made it better. Like I said, I don't know exactly what they patched in later, but obviously what a lot of people are going to judge a game by is the first version, because that's the one that, on average, most people will play. So get a good launch, have good systems in place in the beginning. Uh, and yeah, that's, so I, that's it. I, I'm still hopeful, but yeah, who knows? Uh, I mean, again, Microsoft bought them, right? So maybe things will be a little bit smoother going forward, but impossible to tell this early on. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if that ownership will have transferred yet. Right. Yeah. I don't remember when it was they're taking over operations. I think it was next year. Was it not sure, but, I don't know much about Diablo because I I'm surprised you liked one more than two. I don't think I've heard anybody ever say that before. Two just seems like the I, it it is kind of on you. I mean, okay, so how to say this? So two two was a a true game change. I mean, they both were in different ways. I from the perspective of playing through the game in single player and enjoying it, I liked the atmosphere and the story of game one more. Uh, but for repeated multiplayer. Diablo 2 was just superior. So, uh, yeah, just the, the one-time experience of playing through the game, Diablo 1 for me is special, but I I don't, like, disagree if people say Diablo 2 is overall the better game. Like, I understand that perspective, but just for me specifically, I I really enjoyed the game style and the experience of playing the first one. Um, it's also, interestingly, I came back and played... I've tried to come back and play both games at different times, but I did play through all of Diablo again, I want to say a few years ago. The last time I picked up Diablo 2, I booted the game, I got into the first city, and then I just quit again. I was just like... Hmm. I wasn't feeling it in the same way. Um, but maybe if I was playing with friends, it would be different. Like Then I think Diablo 2 would be a lot more fun. It's a so great multiplayer game. We, we shit on Blizzard a lot, and they deserve it. There is one thing, however, that they do better than literally every other game company, and that is trailers. Tra their trailers they are, are so like, it doesn't even matter if you're not interested in their game. Their trailers for Diablo and Warcraft, I wouldn't say for Overwatch at all, but anything that's like dark and grimy, they, they do such a good job. And they had a little showcase uh, announcing, I guess, a new class. Is that the right word for it? The, yeah, it should be Necromancer, I think. Yeah, the Necromancer, yep, which is that like a big surprise? Like, again, I'm not a huge, like, I know there's a Barbarian and a Sorceress and probably another one, but... Necromancer is a class in Diablo 2 and 3 as well. It's a staple okay. at so this it's, point. It's so not, that's, that's it's surprise, not surprising. Though. No, no, no. And how many classes not. are in Diablo normally? Uh, I think there's four announced already for, for yeah, the fourth one. So Diablo 2 had, I think, seven... I think Diablo 8 had one or two more, probably. So somewhere in the ballpark of like probably 8 to 10 is what I would expect the game to have. Okay. Something like that. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Even though I don't like RPGs in there, like I watch it and I'm like, this does look cool. Like the gameplay, it looks, it looks very nice. I, I don't know if I'd play it though. All right. And then the final topic of today is kind of a piggyback on this Frost Giant. So talked about the incompetency of blizzard a lot of their employees of the past that have been very good at their job have left and created a new company which is called frost giant and if you've followed us you know that we have been waiting for an announcement on their new game because it's been rumored to be an rts and it has been announced it is called stormgate if you go to playstormgate.com you can sign up for the eventual beta which what is the actual date? It's next year. Did they give a month? I can't remember. Mid-2023 to get a beta test potential key there. And they showed some screenshots. So, again, I'm not shitting on them. Their promo video versus Blizzard, not on the same level at all. But they did have a couple screenshots. It looks like, I think it's using Unreal Engine. So the graphics are really good. And it shows a top-down view of, like, 
it looks like aliens versus or some sort of alien thing versus some marines. So a new RTS. Warcraft-ish. And again, like RTS for me, it brings back great memories with Brood War. I loved fucking Brood War, but I never got like competitive with it like I did with Counter-Strike. Similar to Dota, actually. Just very casual. Um, but Sorry. It, it's important <laughs> that an RTS game comes out and is successful. So I'm really hoping that this is. What are you laughing at, Sinrin? No, I just saw a quote from the developer update. It says, Stormgate will be free to play, but not pay to win. And there will be no NFTs. I just like that that's, like, <laughs> that's a part of, their, I didn't see of that. their promo for the game. That's there will be no NFTs. Big selling point. Uh, that's what great. a time we live in. <laughs> that's the selling point for your RTS game. We do not have NFTs. <laughs> I mean, you can tell that That's they are funny. for the community, right? Based on how they've approached yeah. everything so far. Um, um, so you mentioned that a big part of this company is a break-off from Old Blizzard. Hmm. Uh, we're still waiting on news from the other break-off, which is the one that I personally am more interested in, which is Dreamhaven. Hmm. To my knowledge, they have still not announced the title. Um, so what makes you that more is, interested in that one? Uh, it's spearheaded by Mike Morheim, who was the CEO of Blizzard during like their golden age, right? Oh, okay. Um, so I'm very hopeful that he's still got it and still has the right vision and the right ideas um, and that he will tap into what used to make those games great. And I just, more than anything, I hope that it's not just because we're getting old, like that it's just, okay, the thing that we used to enjoy in gaming just isn't what other people will enjoy anymore. And like the systems that I miss and the gameplay that I miss is not like just never coming back because it's over. Mm-hmm. Is that... I understand that a lot of the new gameplay, like it's a new paradigm and people want to play different stuff. Like there's other genres that are making their way in. Um, but if anything, I find I take a bit of solace in the fact that a game like World of Warcraft Classic still has a very meaningful player base so that it goes to show that, you know, there's quite a lot of people that still enjoy those games. And interestingly enough, in WoW Classic, a lot of the people you play with are not 30 plus. There's like people that are 18 or 20 uh, that do play that old game over the retail version. So, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps perhaps there is something still to be said about uh, what other games were able to accomplish. Now, I don't have the data on how many it is. Maybe it's still a stupidly small fraction that are younger players, but I'd just like to think that, you know, the things that you and I, I think, you know, we enjoy different things in games, but I think there's certain elements where we're very much in agreement, even if we don't like the same types of gameplay. Mm-hmm. There's like systems that we just think are inherently good and inherently predatory. Um, and I just hope there's like a counter movement coming now where, you know, Blizzard crossed the line and other companies are like, okay, you know, let's let's take it easy. Let's look at what used to work. And yeah, right. And I should mention Stormgate, the other, the RTS that was announced, is going to be free to play. So, yeah, like I'm not into art. This is the similar to Diabolic, uh, <laughs> Diabotical from Too Good. I really like the concept of his game. I knew I wasn't going to love it, like playing wise. I wouldn't play it over and over because I'm, I'm just kind of done with 1v1 deathmatch FPS games. It's just, I, you know, back in the day, played a lot of Unreal Tournament and Quake, and it's just, I, I don't think I could do it again. But it, does that make sense? Like, I don't know what that disconnection yeah. is. It's the same for RTS. So I will definitely try this out and I'll think it's cool, but I probably won't play it like past the first week or something. What's, um, what do you think about the business model of doing free to play RTS? Has that ever happened before? Do you think that makes sense? Like, how do they profit then? Because oh, usually you, you buy an RTS to play the base game and the campaign, right? And then there's mm-hmm. multiplayer. Like in like, what can you unlock in the game that you could pay money for in a free to play? Didn't system? Starcraft two did something with free to play? I don't remember what it was, but originally it was not free to play, and then right, there was they, free to play for th- sure. I think they changed something to make. Wasn't there an option for free to play? Anyway, I don't. Right, remember. so they did that later, but there's no RTS game on launch that has had their initial wave of players not well, be pay to play. There's correct? not any RTS games, period. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. kind of the issue. I mean, it is a bold choice. I really I admire the fact that they go into this genre as their first game, but mm. it is a high-risk thing where if if you're right, and I'm kind of with you, I think RTS is... It's not like it's gone, uh, but I think its hype will not be the same as it has been in the past, even if they make an amazing game. Uh, so I just hope it's profitable enough for them that they can keep you know developing something else if it doesn't become huge. or See, I don't know, you know if that's true. I, I think... 
and I did say the same thing about but diabolical. So I mm-hmm. could I've been wrong many times. I think one v one games like this are actually mega hype for tournaments. Like really, yes. really hype. If you do it in the right way, then I think it's possible. But you're right. RTS games are just, it's really hard. Uh, and I'm not even sure why, honestly. I don't know why. But it, it's very hard genre to do. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing a, a comment in chat that says campaign and story is paid. So I guess what you get with free to play is probably the base game playing against bots and maybe online multiplayer. But if you want to play the story and everything, you pay for the game. That's kind of similar to some things that Hearthstone has done, right? Where you play the game, but then you can pay for the adventure that comes out, right? The new expansion will have some sort of adventure mode uh, or whatever that you pay for, a pass for, essentially. Mm. Uh, Maybe that's what they're doing. Do you think... Okay. Not that we're the best judges of this, but it's still funny to... It's fun to think about. Let's say you're running this game and you're announcing it as free-to-play. How would you profit? Like, what do you think they should do or what is valuable? Um, what, what do you offer to people for free in an RTS and what's paid? Wow. Well, obviously cosmetics, right? That's an easy one, but... Cosmetics paid, sure. How, can you lock anything behind a paywall? I mean... Like the, I mean, that's what they're saying, right? The, the story will be paid. Yeah, but right? for I'm example, so the about campaign like within a game, can you possibly <laughs> lock like an entire race of units? Is that something that you would just get completely shit on for? Like if Brood War had Zerg as the unlock, mm-hmm. like that's the one you have to unlock, but you get Protoss and Terran by default. Is that predatory? I don't know. You could you could make the argument like that, that if the game is free and unlocking that faction basically unlocks the game and it's still cheaper than buying a full price game that it's not predatory, right? You could right. make that argument. If, if it's a so, I guess the argument is like for Zerg that it's balanced, right? All three races in mm-hmm. theory are balanced, so it's not like this is just a better version of everything else. It's win. just a different, right. yeah, adds extra depth to the game. Mm-hmm. I think people would shit on that though. I really do. What do you think about paying for online multiplayer? What do you think about the base game only has you in single player versus computer and you're paying for multiplayer? What do you if think it was, that is What if it was vice versa? So you only have multiplayer yeah. and then you're paying for yeah, the campaign essentially? Yeah. You wouldn't make much money yeah. probably. <laughs> it probably would well, do What do you well. think would be more successful? Like what do you think pe- what idea yeah. do you think more people would buy into? Would they want to try the game against other players first and then be like, "Oh, this game is fun, I'll buy the campaign." Or would you play the campaign first and be like, oh, wow, this game's really fun. I'll buy the multiplayer and play against other people. So whose perspective are we talking about here, Cinderin? Just What do you think the population of the world would think? The population of the world? Well, people would yeah, want so, multiplayer to be free because that's what they're going to play most of the time. The okay, well, they have the two options. Money. Okay, so from the perspective of you want to make money with this game, yes. and you can do either or, you can either do free multiplayer and paid campaign or vice versa, what do you think makes most money? You... The most money is you lock multiplayer, 100%. Okay. Nobody gives a shit about single player anymore. I mean, there's some value. Well, they're, they're doing a paid campaign, so clearly they have a different view. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's... But that's maybe less... multiplayer is also locked. Maybe you can download the game and just look at it and can't play anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's free to play. What if you have to pay for, like, a replay system? Like, what if there's actual unlocks that should be part of the game, right? Then it gets, like, kind of weird. But the yeah. fact that they're so open... Again, this is what I'm saying. They're... They're not predatory at all in the way that they're talking about things because they're obviously avoiding NFTs and all this bullshit. So it makes sense that they're going for the route that would, I think, make less money, which is locking the story mode. But we'll see. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Uh, I guess that brings us to the end of the episode, Cinderin. Thanks for joining Mm -hmm. me. Very nice of you to come on. You're very welcome, Uh, Shannon. Can't wait to play Han with you. Yeah. Be sure to catch that on Saturday, everybody. Uh, I when do... are you playing? In all seriousness, when are you playing? I'm not When's gu- the stream? I'm not guilt-tripping you into this bullshit, okay? Wow. For someone not guilt-tripping, you really were guilt-tripping, though. So <laughs> well, I'm just... That's impressive. That's not guilt. I'm just telling you the truth. What I would do versus If what you, you had a game you loved, I would play with you. That's right. But I'm not guilt-tripping. I'm not guilt-tripping. <laughs> I'm just telling... I'm just being honest with you, okay? Okay. All right. 
I no, do... you should let people know when the stream is regardless. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'll I'll stream at like see it's Saturday, so 5 p.m. PST. What is that for CEST? That's like 1 a.m. or something. Uh, it's plus nine. So that would be yeah, 1 a.m. Okay, 1 a.m. CET, 5 p.m. Right? PST. Or is it midnight? No, it's midnight. It's midnight. Okay, mid whatever. Wait, five, did you say 5 p.m.? 5 p.m. PST. No, it's 2 a.m. 2 a.m. <coughs> CET. Yeah, it's 2 a.m. Uh, I thought, okay, actually, let's close out the episode because we talked a lot about Jeff Hill. Let's get some momentum to get him on the podcast, Cinderin. Let's get El Jefe. Let's get Jeff Hill. His first name literally means boss. Like, <laughs> what can't this guy do? Let us get Jeff Hill as the first Valve employee to join the podcast as a guest. That would be fucking cool. That would be really, really cool. And you just froze, but thank God it's at the end of the episode. You're lagging horribly, Cinder. Are you still there? Hello. My God. All right, with that, <laughs> have a... Hello? Oh, I'm doing the outro, Cinderin. Shannon, no. Do you have anything you to say? Me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. No, I was going to say, if if we get some traction going and Jeff is like, yeah, that sounds like fun, the moment he realizes there's two people on the podcast, then he has to say no. Oh. It's too big of a crowd. So you might have to do that one without me, okay? Okay, that's fine. That's perfect. All right. All right. Uh, see you guys on Saturday for the Maybe stream. Maybe he'll play Han with you. <laughs> Dude, Ice Frog, if you're watching, this is the last chance you get to play with me, Heroes of New Earth, the game that you used to work on. Love for you to join me. Until next time, Sunspan and Cinderin signing out. Goodbye. We say things that don't mean Subscribe. anything. But thanks for listening. <laughs> Yeah.